question, okay? And maybe one or two of you will be brave enough to answer it. What's one thing in your life that you want to stop? Maybe that you've tried to stop, but you just haven't been successful. What's that one thing that you feel is kind of like an anchor around your neck that is holding you down? Now, we asked this question on social media, on our accounts on Friday, and we had a couple people that were brave enough, so I realized it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an invasive question. It really is. It's personal. It's like saying, hey, my name is James, and I struggle with this. Welcome to my world. Right? So what's, what's that one thing that you uh, have tried to quit, maybe want to stop, but have not been successful at it? Anybody want to take a stab at it, or do you need me to go first? Go first, James. Uh, Susan. Overeating. Overeating. Okay, very good. Thank you for risking to share that. I appreciate that. I really do. Somebody else? Yes, Helen. Drinking Pepsi. <laughs> yep, the caffeine. We had a few people like mention that online. Okay, cigarettes. Yeah, thank you for risking that. Diego? YouTube. YouTube. Oh, my goodness. Whoo, everybody over the age of 30 is like, what's that? <laughs> I'm sorry, Heidi. Everybody under the age of 30 and Heidi is like, what, what's that? I'll, I'll, go, I'll give kind of two things. The first is kind of easy, and the second is a little bit more challenging. Um, sweets for me. Um, Susan, I can relate a little bit. And Nick online actually said candy as well. I love sweets, like uh, cookies, brownies, ice cream, raspberry fluff pie. Should I keep going? I hear stomachs grumbling, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with sweets. It's just when you wake up thinking about them, eat breakfast thinking about them, have your mid-morning snack thinking about them, should I keep going, right? I've realized that as I've reached a certain decade in my life that sweets don't feel as good the next day. Even the same day. And I've tried to give them up a few times. You know, little 40-day stretches here and there, and I've been successful, but I keep going back to them. It's easy to return to them. Now, that, that's, uh, that's one of the easier ones. Uh, Nick online mentioned candy as well. There's, there's some people like Connie and Joel have, uh, have mentioned caffeine. Um, you mentioned your, your Pepsi. Um, Nathan and Eric, uh, they both risk sharing that they worry about what others think about them. And that, that's definitely something that you, you'd like to stop, but it just keeps sticking around. Uh, Connie said she's addicted to, to a sense of accomplishment. You can relate to that. Uh, you may not know it. For me, uh, I, am, uh, I worry about finances. And you wouldn't think that... a pastor would worry about finances, right? But I do. And I have never missed a bill. Like God has provided for me my entire life. And yet at least two times a month when I sit down to pay the bills, it's dread. It's trudgery. And my family knows to go somewhere else. Okay. Um, we've got, uh, oh, thank you, Molly online. You also said worry. We relate together. Um, it's crazy. Because worry is one of those things that, in and of itself, you wouldn't necessarily say, well, that's a sin. But when you start elevating any of these things, whether it's Pepsi, whether it's YouTube, whether it's you know, eating above 
God, then you, you start getting close to being able to call it sin. Now, for those that are over the age of 30, Heidi, you can jump in on this. How many of you remember the, uh, the Bob Newhart show? A couple of y'all, okay. Uh, Dr. Bob Hartley was the main character. Do you remember the show where he said, stop it? <laughs> Ruth does. For those that don't, we have a link on our resources page. We can't play it due to licensing uh, technicalities, but for, uh, let me, let me it's, it's like a two-minute skit. I'm not going to act it out, but I'll tell it to you, all right? Dr. Bob Hartley is a psychologist, so people come and they get their psychology from him, their counseling, and one lady comes in and she sits down and, and he says, you know, what can I do for you? And she says, well, I, I have this fear of being buried alive. You remember this, don't you, Ruth? Right? I have this fear of being buried alive. And, and he says, well, tell me more. So she talks for a little bit, about a minute or so, not too long. And, and Dr. Bob Hartley says, well, I tell you what, I, I want to give you some advice. And it's just two words. Two words of advice. She gets, starts getting out pen and paper to write it down. Should I write it down? Well, some people need to, but it's only two words, so I think you should remember this. And uh, she says, okay, okay, I'm ready. He leans forward. He says, stop it. Stop it. Right? Stop it. If you don't want to live your life worried about being buried alive, just stop it. Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if all of our struggles were just as simple as, well, we just stop it. But as you just heard, we don't. It's not that easy. But it doesn't mean we don't have hope. In fact, today we're going to talk about the hope that we have, and the hope has been the hope for a long, long time. Before we jump in, let me pray. Father, I, uh, I fully believe that any time we gather together, where two or more are gathered, you are there with us. So I trust completely that your presence is here, not just in this, you know, this space in the corner of Ash and Cortland, but with us all who are joining this morning. And Lord, I, I want to ask that with your presence, with your Holy Spirit's presence, you would open our eyes and our ears to things we maybe have seen or heard before but need to be reminded of, or perhaps, Lord, today is the first time we will hear and see these things. I pray, whatever the case, that you would help, that you would guide, that you would direct, and that we would listen well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So go ahead and grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. If you don't have your Bibles, grab your phone, your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app on your phone quite yet, go to the church app, which if you don't have that, download it. If you don't know how to do that, talk to Christy after the service. On that, in our order service, there's a clickable link. You can get to Romans 8. We're in a second week of a two-week series on the Holy Spirit. And I know that we're not going to cover everything there is about the Holy Spirit in two weeks. In fact, we're barely going to scratch the surface of it. Last week, I challenged you guys to, to walk with the Spirit, to take a walk with the Spirit, and I based that message out of Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 16 was one of them, says this, but I say, this is Paul talking to the church in Galatia, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, or in verse 25 of the same chapter, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now I hope this past week that idea, that phrase of walking with the Spirit has kind of stuck with you, and I was reminded of that. Uh, as I studied for this week, that this idea of walking with has been around for a long time, like way longer than just Paul writing in the church in Galatia. In fact, if you go back to Moses, remember Moses? You just nod your head. If you don't, key figure in the Old Testament. 
uh, he had helped with, with God's help set the people free from, Israel, uh, from Egypt and wandered in the desert for a long time. And then soon, very soon, they were gonna, the people were going to enter the promised land. And Moses gives this speech. Um, it's one of his last speeches to the people of Israel. And he says to them, he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice. A choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his regulations by <clears throat> walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. You'll, you'll do this by walking in his ways. Now, what does that look like? You jump to verse 19. He reminds him again, I've given you a choice between life and death. And I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, he says, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. This is the key to your life, walking in his ways, loving God, obeying his commands, um, being firmly committed to him. In your life, do you always do these things? But I think we make a, a good attempt at loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and, and being. I think we make a noble attempt to commit ourselves fully to him. And I think, for the most part, we do our best at trying to obey all of his commands. But show of hands, how many obey all of his commands all the time? Anybody? I don't either. And remember I told you I worry about money? That in itself is not a sin, but when I take it to a whole different level, when I, it starts consuming me, it gets to that point where you could call it sin. Jesus was very clear on this, and this is one of my life verses. He was telling, he was telling the people who were listening during the Sermon on the Mount that God's going to provide, and he says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. And this is right after. Look at the birds of the sky. Look at the flowers. God provides for them. Why do you worry, he says. And he says this. And two times a month when I sit down to pay bills, I'm like, oh. Those times I'm not walking in his ways. I'm not loving him fully because I'm loving my control or my perceived control. For some reason, I just can't. Stop it. We all sin. Y'all can nod your head for that one. Okay? And the things we talked about earlier, they may not be sins in and of themselves, but if we ever elevate them to a point above God. That was part of a song, one of the ones that we sang. If we ever elevate these things higher than our pursuit of God, then it becomes sin. And when we're not walking in God's ways, we are sinning. And when we're making a choice between our ways and God's ways, it's like Moses said, make this choice between life or death. When we're walking in our ways, what's that choice? Starts with D and rhymes with F. <laughs> death, right? We're going to spend some time in Romans chapter 8, but before we get there, Paul told the church in Rome in chapter 6, verse 23, he said, for the wages of sin is, say it with me, death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're familiar with this passage, you know that then in chapter 7, Paul goes on to say, it was the law that showed me my sin. 
And because of that, I, I keep struggling with it. Romans 7 is a fantastic passage when you're talking with anybody who's struggling with sin, which would be everybody. Because even the great Paul the Apostle says there's days he still chose to walk in his ways. There were still days he still fought this thing called sin. There's days he couldn't just stop it. And he says this in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. I love this. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But can't you just see him? Or maybe you feel this. Can you see Dr. Bob Hartley say, Paul, just stop it. Don't you know I'm the Apostle Paul? Stop it, he might say. Today we have a choice to choose life or to choose death. You decide. And for me, two times a month when I sit down to pay bills, I get discouraged. If you're trying to stop cigarettes and it just keeps coming back again and you get discouraged, if you spend hours on YouTube and you know maybe you shouldn't do it, but you just keep doing it, it gets discouraging, doesn't it? I mean, listen to what Paul said about this. Romans 7, verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I feel that every now and again. Why can't I just stop worrying? 42 and a half years of God providing every single time for me. And yet I still think, is, is he going to provide this next time? Maybe you tried to give up the Pepsi, tried to give up the caffeine. There's that chain that seems to be around your neck that you just can't get loose. And you want to, but you can't. You can't. But you don't have to. Because now we get to Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 6, 6, 17, which you've heard a couple times by now. One of the greatest Holy Spirit sections in the Bible, and I say that because it shows us what the Holy Spirit can do and what we can do through the Holy Spirit. Again, I thank Tane for helping me read that. It, it's risky to read in front of everybody, even if it's just a camera for the time being, knowing that you're going to be in front of people. All right? So Deuteronomy 30, Moses gives the people a choice between life and death. And when we read Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 17, we realize in verse 1 that if we, has, if we have chosen Jesus, we've already chosen life. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've already chosen life. Listen to what he says in verse 11. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. He will give life. And I love how the message translation translated this. When God lives in you, you are delivered from that dead life. With the Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. Delivered from that dead life. Now some of you are thinking, yes, James, I chose life. I can tell you the day I prayed that prayer and when and where I was and how it's affected my life ever since. I chose that life, but you're, you're seeing that we still struggle with some of these things. James, you're saying you still struggle. So what are we supposed to do? 
I've been sitting with this text this last week, and I began to wonder. I wonder if I'm still struggling with some of the things I'm still struggling with because, yes, I've chose life eternal. I've chose Jesus. Jesus, save me from my sins. Forgive my sins. You know, let me spend eternity with you. But have I chosen to let the Spirit of God engage the areas that I'm struggling with? Have I chosen to welcome him into that? And I realized this past week, I have some resistance to that. I don't want God to see me at my worst. Do you? You like that? I don't. If some, I mean, maybe we should get comfortable saying, God, I'm not great. I know this, but thank you for being great. But I, I push back against that. Like, it's only been 20 years of paying bills regularly, Lord. Can you give me another month of, of struggle, right? I wonder if... I need to let the Spirit of God in into those struggles. Because when I do that, the text is very clear as to what happens. Very clear. The Spirit of God sets us free from the power of sin in our life. This is verse 2. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. We're talking about a choice today between life and death. The power of what kind of giving spirit? The life-giving spirit. That power sets you free from the power of sin. Now, verse 12 and 13 say this. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful, urge, your sinful nature urges you to do. Whether that is cigarettes, whether that's YouTube, whether that's Pepsi, whether that's candy. You have no obligation to do those things. For if you live by those dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. I said you don't have to do these things because it's not you that will be able to do these things, to stop doing these things. It's the power of God through the Spirit that will do them. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I understand that. But will I have the self-control to give the Spirit the chance to move and work in those things? Will I have the self-control? No. We already know that. We don't have the self-control. But who does? The Spirit of God. Spirit of God. You've got to give that control to God. Verses 5 and 6, still in Romans 8. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about th sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. There it is, leading to life. If we're choosing between life and death, I want to choose life. I need to choose to give control to the Spirit of God. This is verse 9, the beginning of it. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. I love this because this is part of our denominational background, right? We believe we can move more and more towards holiness. The fancy church word is sanctification. We're in a process of becoming more and more like Christ, but that process takes a lifetime, okay? You're not controlled by your sinful nature. We've got Christ. We've got Christ's spirit. We're not controlled by our sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And I told you last week in Ephesians chapter 113, when you believe Jesus was who he said he was and did what he said he did, when you believe that Spirit of God comes into you. So if you've got the Spirit of God, 
living in you. You can be controlled by the Spirit of God. Now, this seems kind of backwards to say we're free when we're controlled by something. But when you're controlled by the Spirit, there is freedom. There's freedom to not try and do it on your own. There's freedom to simply embrace the Spirit. There's freedom to pray, God, I can't, but you can. Through your Spirit, help me. There's freedom in that. And I love, I don't know if you caught it, but I love in the message when Eugene Peters says, and now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing. That's my problem. I redouble my efforts. Over and over, well, I'm just going to try harder. Instead of redoubling our own efforts, you simply embrace what the Spirit is doing. He says simply, that's hard. It's hard to do, but boy, when we do, there's freedom in there. You tired of trying so hard and not being able to quit? You want to just stop it? Well, you can't on your own power. But according to this passage, the Spirit of God has the power and we have the Spirit living in us. That sounds freeing to me. That sounds life-giving to me. It sounds like our choice when we choose to follow Jesus is made because we have the Spirit living in us. And maybe that Spirit can help us, or at least maybe I'll start here, with the thing that I keep struggling with over and over again. Maybe today is the day we just stop it. But we don't just stop it. We say, all right, Spirit, control what you need to control. Do what you need to do. And it's not saying that we're just going to sit there limp, you know, and not be asked to do anything. Uh, God's Spirit is still going to have us make daily choices. Um, I was reading Connie's Corner, which is an email that Connie sends out. If you don't read that, read it. It's really good. Okay? I was reading Connie's Corner on April 30th, and she writes... I've never been taught something by the Spirit that didn't involve action. Never been taught something by the Spirit that didn't involve action. So I'm saying that we can just stop it. I'm not saying we just sit here and do nothing, but we listen to how the Spirit of God is going to guide and control. And when we do that, I believe that life-giving power in the Spirit is going to, maybe all at once and maybe over a lifetime, slowly take away those things that we want to stop doing. I've seen this take place in people's lives. And I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. I've got a friend named Kelly. She's part of our online community, uh, but we go back about seven or eight years. Today, she's 614 days sober. You can clap for that. 614 days. I asked her if I could have permission to share some of her story. She said, yeah, absolutely. So over the years, Kelly has tried to give up drinking over and over and over. And every time she has failed, every time. So I said to her, hey, Kelly, what's different this time? Well, she didn't hesitate. God and AA. Okay. I quote her. I've always had God in my heart. But when I decided I was finally done drinking, I had to give my power over to God. I had to give my power over to God if I truly wanted to be successful. Truly give my power over to him, which I did. She said she was skeptical because she didn't know if God would, you know, God would give her the power to, to do what she needed to do. And she said, oh, he did. And she thanks him every day 
for never giving up on him, and for when she was ready, he was there. Kelly couldn't just stop it. 614 days later, she's living into the fact that she's got a God and the Spirit of God who could help her stop it. Kelly, if you're watching this morning, I'm proud of you. Okay, keep living by the Spirit. Keep choosing life. Memorize this passage if you really want to. We should memorize this passage because it gives us the, the, the foundation of what we need to walk in his ways. To love God with all of us, to follow his commandments, to commit ourselves firmly with him, firmly to him. Now, like I said during our worship set, just because you do or don't do anything isn't going to change God's love for you. Not going to make him love you any more or any less. Remember why? Because we're his children. And God's spirit affirms that in us. We're his children. But as we let the spirit of God change and direct and sanctify us, walking with him, it'll become a little easier. It'll become a little bit more natural. And can you imagine what would happen if all the things that we, whether said them out loud or thought in our mind that we wanted to stop doing, but we couldn't stop doing, can you imagine if from this day forward, as a corporate body, we stopped doing them? And the people that were watching realized we stopped doing them? And we were able to say, well, hey, on May 16th, I was reminded, or I learned for the first time, that the Spirit of God has the power to change things in me. Can you imagine the corporate testimony that would be? Hmm, I can't. This week, here's a take home. This week, when you wake up in the morning, you think of that one thing that you've been, you've been trying to stop, but haven't been able to, and just say, Spirit of the living God, like the song said, maybe fall fresh on me. I need you to control this today. And let's see what happens. And let me tell you what, you're going to fail, maybe. Kelly, 614 days, keep going, okay? Because I know for me, get on a good path for a while, and then that chocolate cake, hmm. That entire chocolate cake, hmm. But with the Spirit of God, He can change, He can transform, and our lives can be living testimonies of that. Okay? So every day this week, if you would, start your day off with Spirit of Living God, fall fresh on me. I can't, you can't help me. Something like that. Let's pray. Spirit of the Living God, we uh, we've been singing about you this morning. It's been our prayer that you would fall fresh on us. And you do. I'm thankful that you live in us. I'm thankful that you're not done with us. No matter how many times we, we try and we fail, no matter how many times maybe you want to just say stop it. But you don't. You just keep walking with us. And I am thankful for that. Lord, I'll be the first to confess that I need your help every day. On things that you, you've never failed me on. So would you help me this week? Would you, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me? And I pray you do the same to those that are participating with us this morning. I ask this in Jesus' name.